Hello, you are listening to the You Are Never Alone podcast. On this podcast, we have a new guest every week covering some of the toughest problems you face in your everyday life and talk about how we can turn our problems into our own personal solutions instead of using them as a crutch. Thank you for listening. Here comes the magic. All right. Hey, guys, how's everybody doing? I am so sorry for how long it took me to get this one out. Um, Between being a senior, school, college applications, home life, uh, COVID-19, so many different things. It took a long time, and I'm really, really sorry for that. But we're back. We're not stopping. It's not over. Don't give up on me. Um, Today, we have a super, super exciting guest. I'm so excited to have her on. Um, her name is Sophia Kaufman. Uh, she is a awesome, awesome person. She is brilliant. She has a 3.89 GPA. She is a peer group leader at Princeton High School in New Jersey. She's involved in a big brother, big sister program, teaching elementary students how to manage their emotions. She's also a tutor at her school. And she is just a really, really cool, funny person. And I think that you guys are going to be very impressed with her story. And I think there's going to be a lot that you guys can take away from it. So uh, without further ado, um, let's have her on the show. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be here today and talk to you. It's been a while. Good, good. I'm excited to have you. I'm glad. Thank you. Um, so I've already gave you a little introduction, but how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, I'm a senior at Princeton High School. Um, I grew up in this area my whole life. I've lived here. Um, I'm pretty much a normal person, I believe. Uh- <laughs> interested in public health so I kind of want to go into that um you know in terms of applying to college that's kind of what I've been looking at um so I'm kind of thinking about staying in the area and working in um, surrounding cities like DC or Philly or New York um kind of trying to widen my horizons I guess that's awesome that's really awesome thank you so um How about you start from the beginning? Yeah. Well, when I was nine months old, my parents got divorced. And, you know, luckily enough for myself and my two older siblings, um, at the time, my mom was 30 years old. She was just 30 when my parents got divorced. So she was a single mom with three kids and no real source of income just because she had not gotten her degree yet from college because of, you know, how her life went with my dad. Um, So I grew up just kind of thinking that it was normal to have divorced parents. I hadn't really explored friendships with people um, until I was going to school when I was, you know, four or five. And so that's when I kind of realized 
not everybody's life starts out that way. Not everybody has divorced parents. Not everybody's parents that will get divorced are going to already be divorced by the time their youngest kid is five. Um, Or even, you know, older than that. So a lot of the way that I was raised was very oriented around my relationship with my mom. So that didn't really allow for me to have a very close relationship with my dad, Um, seeing him only once a week and every other weekend. um, Things with my dad were pretty hard. Um, He wasn't the best dad, just kind of in general, but he tried. He loved his kids and that was, it was fine until I was um, around 11 years old. Um, We got into a really big fight and I stopped seeing my dad when I was 11 Um, which is hard for, you know, anybody really to grow up with any type of relationship with one or both of their parents and then lose it, um, so far into their life. So, especially as a girl, I think not having a very positive relationship with my father, um, was a negative aspect of my growing up because you know it's a stereotype really for um girls who don't have good relationships with their fathers there are stereotypes that go along with that and there are things that kids say just because they're mean kids so I kind of started being bullied around the same time that I was losing a connection to my dad Um, So that was extremely difficult because I was struggling with my personal, um, just my personal issues, as well as the response I received from people going to school and being so young and trying to figure out who I was at the same time as people making fun of me for who I was becoming was really, really difficult. So, yeah, it kind of started when I was 11, 12 years old. I was, you know, it was also a time when I was going through puberty, which is hard anyway. So pretty much everything that was difficult about my life started at the same time. So I was this 11-year-old kid trying to learn how to navigate going to school, not having a relationship with my father, and not really understanding what was going on with my body. So all of those things going on were really, again, I keep saying this, difficult. (laughs) Um, But I mean, a lot of people kind of can relate to the aspects of maybe not the relationship with my father, but the aspect of you know, going to school and having kids be mean. And no one really knew what was going on with me. No one knew that I was having these problems at home. And it puts into perspective that you never know what someone's going through. So people were being mean to me. I was really anxious. I was pretty depressed. And I was so young. And I remember feeling like it was just the end of the world. 
and I would go to school and people would be mean. And I, I was the third kid, so I had my older siblings who would just, you know, poke fun at me, which was fine because they're my siblings, but they didn't know what was going on with me at school. So on one hand, on one hand, the people at school didn't know what was going on with me at home. And on the other hand, my family and my siblings and the people at my house didn't know what was going on with me when I was going to school. So that kind of started my cycle of not expressing myself, which was really unhealthy um, for me to not express to my family that I was being bullied, to not, you know, be open about what I was struggling with because I thought that I should just do it on my own. And I thought that I was supposed to be doing it on my own. And something that became very clear to me was that no one is equipped to go through just about anything by themselves because we're just people. Everybody is just a person and no matter what they're going through, they shouldn't have to do it alone and they don't have to and they shouldn't make themselves because I think it's very common for people to not want to ask for help. So that um, definitely for me was a hard thing for me to kind of eventually learn to ask for help because all throughout, you know, my preteen years, I guess, 11, 12, 13, I was felt pretty alone. And I think that's common <clears throat> for people to feel that, especially at those ages. Um, but when I was a little bit older, I was probably 13. Um, bullying was still kind of constant in my life. But another thing happened that kind of caused it to get worse. Um, and that was a guy who I was um, kind of like involved with. He tried to make me do something that I didn't want to do. And, you know, that was really kind of traumatizing, I guess. Um, that somebody wouldn't listen to me. So I didn't really talk about it. I kept to myself. I didn't talk to the guy. And I was on the phone with my friend one night and I was telling them about what happened. And they were like, that's kind of serious. And so it dawned on me that what happened to me just kind of was not good. And I didn't deserve for that to happen to me. And it shouldn't have happened to me. So I came out about it. And I told pretty much, you know, everybody at my school, I said, this happened to me. And I'm upset about it. And it wasn't right. And the response that I received was extremely negative. Um, I got bullied more because of coming out about this story that was so, to me, like obviously, like obviously a story that painted me in a positive light, or maybe not positive, but you know, I was the I was a victim in this situation, and I was treated so terribly. People were ruthless someone 
I mean, people said just awful things. I don't know if I could even repeat them because they're so just dangerous. They're dangerous things that people said to me um, that no one should ever, no one should ever be told these things. These things should never be said to anybody. So I received a lot of backlash from telling people about what happened to me. And so that kind of inspired me in, in the future to kind of be more open about it. Because when I was open about it, it encouraged other people who were in the same boat, who had had the same or similar experience to not, maybe not come out about it publicly, but to reach out to me. And so many people reached out to me saying, the fact that you came out about this, the fact that you talk about it so openly was so inspiring to me. I'm able to talk to like a therapist or my parents. And I mean, me coming out about this story and this thing that happened to me really kind of led to more people being inspired to have their own conversations about what happened to them and kind of find a deeper realization that something that maybe happened to them that they didn't even think about because they pushed it out of their head was important and it was important for them to think about and reflect on and talk about and have open conversations and discussions about not only for themselves but for you know the other people that they can inspire by talking about these things because I think a lot of things get pushed to the side or people are discouraged from coming out about things and talking about things when there really shouldn't be anything wrong with admitting a weakness or telling your story and there shouldn't be a worry that people are going to be mean to you or bully you because of something that happened to you and you know, there's no way that I can really get rid of that, the stigma around, you know, mental health and personal experiences. There's a lot of stigma and it's going to either it's not going to go away or it will eventually and it's going to take years. So I think a lot of just what I have been trying to do since that happened to me when I was, you know, 13 years old, about four years ago is try to kind of limit and restrict the stigma around being open about our histories and our pasts and our hardships because some people are embarrassed. Some people blame themselves for hard things and difficulties that they've had. And, you know, being open about it, I've realized that I'm not alone. And for those three years when I was 11, 12, and 13, I felt very alone. But then, you know, I was able to come out of my shell and talk about it and tell people about it. And I wasn't alone anymore. And I received a lot of negative backlash, but at least I wasn't lying. I was telling my truth and I was being open about who I am. And I was being open about why I was the way that I was. And it felt really good and freeing. And it made me feel like I was more than just the words that people said to me. Because there were a lot of words that were thrown at me. And 
I just kind of learned that as long as I'm doing what I need to be doing and I'm being the person that I want to be, it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. And that was a lesson that took me a really long time to learn because I spent so much time listening to what people were saying about me and like letting them say awful things about me and trying to defend myself, which, you know, unfortunately wasn't very successful. No one wants to listen to the person that they're being mean to. So I just kind of had to learn not to listen to what they were saying. And that's not something that comes easily. It comes after years of, you know, just being pretty much miserable because I let people's opinions and let people's words get to me when they really, you know, shouldn't have. Um, but then since all of that stuff and all the bullying and all the, you know, harassment and all of that stuff that I went through, I don't know who I would be if that, you know, didn't happen because I only learned all the lessons that I can teach other people because of the bad things and the hardships and the reactions and responses I got from people. So while obviously I'm very um, upset that I had to go through those things and that anybody has to go through any of the things that I went through or anything worse, um, it made me who I was and being able to take the positivity from that and talk about it and maybe help somebody else who's in a similar situation kind of makes it worth it because I know that for a lot of people it's not the same like they don't get the same thing out of it and some people don't get anything out of it they're they're bullied and then they're just kind of upset forever because bullying can really take a toll on somebody's mental health and it took a toll on mine and you know I anxiety runs in my family and I I kind of always had anxiety um it got a lot worse over the few years that I was being you know bullied and attacked for things I couldn't control and things that I was being honest about so I didn't want to ask for help I was embarrassed I was ashamed I didn't think that you know my anxiety and my depression I didn't think that they were warranted I didn't think that I deserved help and that's you know extremely common in people with undiagnosed untreated mental illness is that they don't they just kind of ignore it and try to push it away and assume that they're fine or being dramatic because there's so much stigma around having a mental illness and that's not only in America but it's you know everywhere pretty much I actually did some research like last year I think about in France they either have really low levels of mental illness or ADHD or they just don't like to diagnose people with them because they don't want people to have them So stigma on mental health is so extreme, and a lot of times it goes untreated. Um, But I was lucky enough to have a support system where 
I was encouraged to find help and I was in a safe space and I could talk to my friend and I could talk to the counselor at my school and I could talk to my um my mom I was encouraged to talk to my mom who I was really nervous to talk to because I grew up not really being open about my emotions and it became very obvious to my family that there was something kind of like eating me from the inside out and I refused to acknowledge it until I was about 14 I was 14 years old I was um, a freshman in high school and I went to my mom after going to a counselor at my school and I went to a psychiatrist pretty soon after that and I was medicated by the time I was coming out of my freshman year of high school so you know I've been medicated ever since for my anxiety and my depression and it's kind of something that's difficult for people to um, understand or want to be medicated or helped in a lot of ways. Um, So yeah, I think that a lot of where I am now has to do with where I came from, not only, you know, location-wise, because, you know, living in Uh, the Princeton area is a blessing and I'm very lucky to go to such a good school and be surrounded by faculty members who can help me and have so much access to all these resources but in understanding that I am privileged and I am blessed to have all these resources I'm it is my duty my job to recognize that not everybody has these resources so kind of what I want to do in terms of my life and also right now even without a job in any of this area is make those resources accessible to people and be a resource for people because even if someone has the resources there's certain feelings they can have like I never felt safe talking to certain people at my school Um, certain counselors I wasn't comfortable talking to them for whatever the reason so not only is there an issue with having access to resources but there's an issue to having access to the resources that you want Um, so I think that my goal is pretty much to be a resource for people who are in difficult situations and encourage others to have compassion for those who are in difficult situations. Um, Obviously, bullying, unfortunately, isn't really going anywhere. Um, Kids are mean. That's pretty much how it is. Kids are just mean. They don't really have filters. And so it's really difficult for them to know when they're being too mean and when to stop. Um, So bullying is really a tough thing to tackle just because you need to draw a line between what bullying technically is. You know, for me, it was name calling and personal attacks 
And for other people, maybe it's, you know, being called ugly or something. I mean, I was fortunate enough not to really be called a name like that. Um, I was called other names that were pretty bad. Um, But if you're called a name once or twice, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of annoying, and you tell them to shut up. But I was called names every single day. And once something is repeated to you enough times, you kind of start to believe it. And it took me a very long time to stop believing it. Because I would come home every day, and I would just kind of think, maybe they're right. Maybe the way that I act is indicative of the name that they're calling me. Maybe they're warranted. Maybe I'm the problem. And that is so common for people to do when they're being bullied and called names and just, like, scrutinized is to blame themselves. Victim blaming is so common. It's also common for people to blame the victim from the outside perspective. Um, I remember when I talked about what the boy did to me when I was 13, people, my closest, closest friends would say, well, why didn't you just leave? Or, you know, why were you with him in the first place? Or why would you be alone with him? And, you know, I was... 13 (laughs) and it was absolutely ridiculous that I was opening up about something that was so hard for me to come to terms with and I was being met with excuses for the person who did something to me Mm -hmm. and reasons why I should have done something to avoid it and I know that my friends didn't mean to like say something to make me feel like it was my fault And it's a human instinct to offer people, uh, what's the word? Kind of like different choices that you could have made. It's kind of like advice, but after the fact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if someone got in a car accident, you wouldn't say something like, well, why didn't you... Why didn't you just see the car and hit your brakes? It's not, like, that's just not something that people say. But it's so common for victims of, you know, pretty much anything to be blamed for putting themselves in that situation. Um, We don't tell people going off the car accident thing. We don't tell people that got in car accidents that they shouldn't have been in the car. We don't say... Well, you shouldn't have been driving if you didn't want to get in an accident. So that is definitely something that affected me was people kind of putting blame on me. And not only is it important for people to not blame themselves, but it's important for people on the other side of things to be conscious of not saying something that can feel like they're blaming the victim. Mm -hmm. Because it's so common for that to happen. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of I'm going, I feel like I'm going in circles, but I just have, I have a lot to say. Well, (laughs) with everything you've been through, I'm very impressed. 
Thank you. Um, Because you're in a really, really good spot now, right? Yeah, things have been going pretty well, actually, for, you know, it's my senior year, so it's been pretty stressful. The first quarter just ended, so my grades are being finalized for, you know, I'm probably going to have to send these grades in to the schools I'm applying to. Um, but yeah, I was, I was in a pretty tough spot my junior year. So last year I was in a pretty tough spot. Um, I was in a relationship that was very unhealthy. Excuse me. It was very unhealthy and pretty, pretty terrible. (laughs) My mental health was pretty low and I was doing, yeah, I was doing bad, um, about a year ago, but I got a therapist, um, I guess around a year ago, probably, probably a little bit, actually more than a year ago. I stopped seeing her, um, a few months ago, but I needed, I ended up needing therapy and, you know, I was already medicated. I was already doing things for myself. I was trying my best, but, you know, even when we're trying our best and even when we're already doing all the things we think we can do there's still always more help that we can get. And I was, you know, obviously lucky enough to be able to find a therapist and have one and be able to afford one. And not everybody has that luxury or that access. And that's, you know, another problem that (laughs) um, rises when it comes to teenagers. Um, It's especially hard for teenage boys to get therapists. Um, It's a very difficult position for a therapist to be in. So, Um, Being able to find a therapist and talk to her and have her as a resource was really helpful. She helped me to, you know, eventually make the decision to leave the relationship that I was in. And when I left that relationship, it was last February. So it was actually like right before COVID started. (laughs) Um, Because that started like a month later. And it was probably the best feeling I've ever experienced in my life was getting rid of that toxic person. So, and it was also one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And looking back to like a year ago today, you know, it shows up in my memories on Snapchat or in my camera roll on my phone and on my computer and in my head, having these memories too looking back at the place that I was even one year ago today, it's probably one of the most drastic changes I've ever, you know, seen. In a good way. Yeah. One, good. 100% That's in awesome. the best way possible. I, you know, I was doing badly in school because I was in this toxic, awful relationship. You know, I, I focus. I am so excited to get this out because I don't want you to take this the wrong way whatsoever because you're in a great spot and that's all that matters. But you have gone through some of the most common but unbelievably hard circumstances that happen nowadays Mm -hmm. with relationship problems, with um, boys that want what they want with divorced parents which happens far too often with um fathers that just don't do what they're supposed to do and and all of those things happen a lot but normally 
it's only like one of those things happens to a person. Yeah. And you've been through all three a couple different times. So first of all, like I said, it's impressive that you, you as far as you have. Second of all, it's really good and also impressive that you are where you are now. And this, I guarantee, will help people because so many people suffer from having to worry about bullies having to worry about I didn't even mention bullying that happens all the time like you said Mm -hmm. so many people don't know how to handle bullying so many people don't know how to handle divorced parents so many people don't know how to handle bad unhealthy abusive relationships so many people don't know how to handle all of these different things and while you've had opportunities that you have had I'm a believer that everybody does have opportunities you just need to capitalize on them so Mm -hmm. I think that anyone listening to this like everything like you have everything will be okay you have a chance there's always a chance and and i have living proof right here that that not only can you survive not only can you survive you can survive and really better yourself yeah and i mean i will say it's definitely not easy and it definitely doesn't happen on its own you know like, I was able to get through all of these things. I was lucky enough to have, you know, a good support system in terms of my family. And I know a lot of people don't have a good support system at, in their home, um, which is important. Um, I will add, I, I mean, I, I have my stepfather, who is probably one of the most valuable people in my life. He has helped me a, a great amount. Um, I've known him since I was four. Like, that's the thing is that, you know, my parents got divorced when I was so young. So I've had step parents my whole life. Um, Certainly having such a close knit family has helped me because we feel for each other. But on top of that, I feel for every single person who goes through anything, basically, is how I feel like I I'm very empathetic and I think that's also because I've been through so many things I'm able to be empathetic towards people because I've probably experienced something either the exact same way that they are or very similarly Mm -hmm. um so having the ability to help people and talk about all these different things is such like it's a blessing and a curse because I had to go through all of them but I got through them yeah, and I think what you're saying is just about exactly how I feel and, and what I've tried to do with this, mm-hmm. uh, and it's right in the name, basically what you're saying is, like, you are never alone. And exactly, yeah. Somebody else has all of, always already been through it, and generally people almost 100% of the time have figured out a way past it and better themselves. And like, obviously you don't want this stuff to happen, but in a way it's like, it helps you, right? Because where would you be Mm -hmm. right now if, if it didn't, like you've said, like it's kind of helped shape the person that you are. Yeah. So like one of the, one of the things that I know is a fact is that, 
it's a very high percentage of valedictorians in high school don't do great in college because they've never struggled in high school. So as soon as they're faced with a hard assignment, they like don't know what to do and they don't really know how to study because it always just comes to them so naturally. And I always found that interesting and it kind of relates because I feel as though people that don't have to go through anything in life have a lot more trouble as soon as they face any adversity. And when you, yeah. face, when you face trouble and you learn how to deal with it, things just go a lot like you just know you're more prepared for so many more situations. Yeah, exactly. I was about to actually mention that. Um, I feel very equipped for things that are going to come my way and prepared. And, you know, I'm used to it. I know what's coming. I know how to get through it. And I know that I'm going to be okay. And that's what I like to tell myself, you know, because I'm not perfect. I do get to places where I'm not in such a positive mindset. I, you know, everybody gets depressed sometimes and, you know, being diagnosed with depression, I have very extreme cases of depression where it'll just be like a full week when I feel not myself. But my sister and I actually have similar experiences where when we're in this state of a depression like that, we know that it's not forever because we've been in that same spot. And, you know, in the early stages of my struggle with mental health, I thought it was going to be forever. I truly believed that when I was feeling so depressed and so awful that I was going to be feeling like that for the rest of my life. And that's a hard thing to overcome because, you know, I didn't have the perspective that I have now back then. So I would just sit there being, you know, a literal child. I was 12, 13, 14 years old. That is You know, looking back, I felt a lot older than I was, but thinking about, you know, I have a younger sister who's 11. Thinking about where I was when I was 11 years old and how I felt when I was 11 years old, I cannot imagine my younger sister going through that or having to watch my younger sister go through that. She shouldn't have had to, and or she shouldn't, uh, like, I'm glad she didn't have to, and you shouldn't have had to. Yeah, it's, it's just... It puts a lot of things in perspective as I've gotten older that I wish I knew when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I feel like no matter how many times people told me that, you know, nothing ever lasts forever. I was so stuck in believing that my life was never going to get better. And that doesn't go away, really. I mean, I'll have, you know, there's always weaknesses. Everybody has weaknesses. Everyone has moments of weakness. And that's not, you know, I, I don't exclude myself from that. I do have a lot of times when I don't feel like working so hard to be where I am. And I don't want anyone to listen to me speak about all these things I went through. And I don't want anyone to think that I didn't put effort into getting to where I am. Because it kind of, I don't want it to sound like I'm just saying, you know what, this happened to me and now I'm great it wasn't so linear, you know, it was very, the tough path. Yeah. It, it it's took worth, a lot of energy, but it's worth it. It was so worth it. Because I, like you said, I believe from what I've heard from you and I believe with everything and anything that I've been through that 
there is nothing that the world could probably throw at either of us that would totally throw us off our path. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a super important thing. And that's why, um, like, in the intro to this show, it says people that not only have gotten through the things they've gotten through, but actually use what they've gotten through to help as motivation, help help bring them up, help make them better. Um, yeah. And, and this is not about me whatsoever, and I, I'm not going to put these words in your mouth, but for me personally, like, um, I had a terrible mother figure and I used that as for a couple, and I also had a terrible father figure. Um, so I had this like concept where basically now I know who I don't want my, my wife to be or the mother of my kids to be. And I know who I don't want to be as a father. And that helps me like that helps me become the person that I am today. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming that knowing who your mom has been for you makes you want to be something similar to that, someone that's there for people. 100%. No, I completely understand what you're saying. I think that it is a lesson that people learn regardless of, you know, who their parents are. Um, If you have a good parent figure, like you're saying, like with my mom, seeing how she was able to get through everything and seeing how she was still able to put so much attention towards me and my two older siblings when she was a single mom is extremely and extraordinarily inspiring to me. Um, She actually went through nursing school with a newborn when she was, I don't know, 36. (laughs) Like she had my younger sister and went through nursing school while she was breastfeeding She needed to, between classes, my stepdad would bring my little sister to see her so that she could eat. So, every, like, everything that my mom is and everything that she's been for me and for my siblings is something that I'm going to carry with me forever. But I'm also going to carry with me what my dad was and who my dad is. And exactly what you're saying, I know who I want to be as a parent. I know what I'm looking for in somebody who I want to be a parent with. And, you know, having a not so great parent in my life kind of helped me discover, I don't know, just kind of what I wanted. And having a relationship with any of my parents, like my stepdad has been my best friend since I was four. So, you know, if I were to end up with somebody who treats my kids the way that he treats us, or, you know, our kids, assuming I'm going to have kids with this person, um, you know, I know what I want them, how I want them to make myself and how I want them to make my children feel. And I, this actually ties into my negative relationship that I got out of, um, My boyfriend at the time liked my dad a little too much, got along with him too well. And that was terrifying because for me, my relationship with my father is extremely fragile, extremely personal and difficult to understand. 
So my, who I was with, I was scared for him to meet my dad because I didn't want him to like him too much, Mm -hmm. which automatically is just a red flag that I thought that they would get along so well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, what you're saying with having this parent figure who, you know, either was not good or was extremely good dictates a lot of the relationships that we are going to have in the future of our lives like through through everything yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah, what i um what i what i normally like to say Mm -hmm. is if you know where you don't want to be um you can it's all you're one step closer like i like to, where you want yeah i would rather know what i don't want to do than what i do or how do i even say this this is it's i like i think it's easier to know what you don't ever want to become than it is to know what you do want to become because if you know what you don't want to become you can just escape from it you can just mm-hmm. focus yourself on not being that and you'll by nature be drive driven towards like yeah. what you do like want to be play. and and there's only so many ways that you can go wrong um or there's only so many things that you probably don't want to be but there's probably a lot of things that you do want to be and i think nature will select what you're going to end up to be but I think it's totally up to you to decide what you won't be, if that makes Definitely. sense. Definitely. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. I um, think that. What would yeah. you say to anyone in a situation similar to yours, though? Like, just a quick little word of advice to anyone going through a similar thing. Well, depends on which thing they're going through. I mean, any of it. Any of it. I would say don't be afraid to take advantage of the resources that you're given. And that is in terms of everything. I mean, not only is that family and outside resources like your school counselors or, you know, any resource, a resource in your town. There's plenty of places that I mean, where I live, we're extremely lucky. I know that it's not the same for everybody. And that is something that upsets me that not everybody has equal access to such important resources that I was just, you know, they were handed to me. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that 100% because I live in an area where 20 minutes away, the demographic is completely different. I live, I used to live uh, right outside of Trenton. So Mm -hmm. Trenton, New Jersey, drastically different from Princeton, New Jersey, in terms of the demographic, the, you know, economic, just everything. Everything there was different from Princeton. So mm-hmm. growing up somewhere with such a diverse community and seeing the difference in resources that are given to people in these two communities that are 30 minutes away from each other kind of put it into perspective for me that I needed to take I take needed to take advantage of the resources that I had. Right. And that went for my mental health, talking to my family, talking to the counselor at my school, talking to my friends. Even if you start in one place and you start taking advantage of the resources at home, they're going to offer you newer resources because there's always somebody 
who has access to the greater resource that you need. Right. So, like you know, that. for me, I'm a peer group leader at my school, which means that I have um, a group of freshmen that I am, you know, not leading, but helping to adjust to life in high school now. Um, and I always tell them to take advantage of me because I'm a resource that not everybody has. So I can point them in the right direction. Right. And... I was lucky enough to have people to point me in the right direction. So not only do I mean physical resources, but people and just kind of everything. I mean, even when I was doing badly in school, which, you know, doesn't really sound like me because I've been able to, you know, do pretty well in my academic career, which, you know, for a long time was easy and then got really hard. Like what you were saying with valedictorians doing poorly in universities. Um, that was kind of how I started high school because things were really easy until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I needed to learn how to take advantage of my resources there. Yeah, and I, I was. I know, really like that advice. Um, yeah, thank you. And I think I think a lot of people are really going to take a lot from this for sure. Um, I hope so. Yeah. And I'm sure that we could talk for another hour about um, <laughs> about whatever. So we'll definitely have to do that sometime. Yeah, I'd um, love to. Yeah. Come so back. thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad I was able to, you know, ramble for 45 minutes. Yeah, not a problem whatsoever. Thank you so much. Of course.